The Gospel according to St. John, the ninth chapter. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how are your eyes open? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and washed. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been former, who formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made mud and opened his eyes. And the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes. Then I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they again said to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. And they asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. Now his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah will be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already. And you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from? Yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and you are trying to teach us? And they drove him out. 
Jesus heard that they had driven him out. And when he found him, they said, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe him, in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have not sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good. Got a question for you. We've been talking the past few weeks about the building blocks of our baptism, the building blocks of everything we believe, the very foundation. So what was it at the beginning? Love. Love, right? God loves us and God loves the whole world. The foundation of our faith is the love of God. And then we talked about that water bottle up there. And we talked about how God not only loves us and not only loves our church, but God loves all people, even people who don't think like us, even people who don't act like us. And Jesus did that for the woman at the well, someone who wasn't like Jesus, who didn't act like Jesus, who didn't think like Jesus. But yet, the love of God was for her too. And so we see that cross on the water bottle and we remember that the same waters that wash over us in our baptisms, in our faith, are the same waters that are given to all people. Oh, Chloe's baptism. Yeah, just like Chloe's baptism. Just like Chloe's baptism. And so, this week, we hear Jesus say that I am the light of the world. There we go. It's a light. I'm trying not to shine in your eyes. Sorry. Now, what do you use a flashlight for? Yes. So you can see. Um, I use it to spy on my brothers. So you can see, so you can spy on your brothers. <laughs> what else? Um, for seeing in the dark. Seeing in the dark. Very good. So you can see, so you can see in the dark. Sometimes it's good for ghost stories too, right? Yeah. Can you tell us a story? Sure. So, when we're trying to see in the dark. If we didn't have a light, what would happen? Go. RJ. Oh, you can't see. You can't see, right? What else? You probably hurt yourself. You probably hurt yourself. How many of you have ever stubbed your toe or stepped on something in the dark? Yes. How do you feel? Mad, right? Mad, or sometimes it hurts. Yeah, Claire. You, you have too, haven't you? Yeah. 
But when you have a flashlight, what happens? Yeah. Um, oh, it was right there. Yeah. Yeah, you can see, and then you don't step on stuff, right? My least favorite thing to step on in the dark is Legos with my bare feet. Oh, they hurt. They hurt, they hurt, they hurt. And then you just hop around for a while and probably step on another one. Hmm. But with a flashlight, I can go around them. I can see where I'm going. Jesus says that Jesus is the light of the world. The whole wide world, all people and all things. Jesus is the light for it. When Jesus says that Jesus is the light of the world, he shows us what we really are and how we really are. Now, I think you guys are really awesome people. Would you agree? I think you all are also sometimes capable of acting <coughs> bad. Would you agree? Yeah. Jesus sees all of that. And Jesus shows us all of that. But in the midst of all of that, what do we remember? That God what? Love. God loves us and all people. God loves us and God loves all people. And when we have light on us, we see that sometimes we find that very easy and sometimes we find that very hard. But no matter what, the light shows us that God loves us and God loves all people. Yes, Phineas. And I kind of, and I was in bare feet, and, and I went to get a dr drink in the bathroom, and I, and I, and I was playing with toys in, in, in my room when it was day. Then, then when I got, got, got up to get a drink, I kind of stepped on oh. my sharp, sharp, super sharp dump truck. Doesn't that hurt? Doesn't that hurt? Well, we learned two things. One, it's helpful to have a light. Two, it's helpful to clean your room. Two things. Two things. I would love to listen to all your stories, but for now, we're going to pray. But please tell me them after the service, okay? Okay. Where should we put this? We'll put this over here because we're collecting things. See? All right. Oh, leave it there. Shall we pray? Let's pray. God, we give you thanks. I give you thanks for being the light of the whole world, for showing us the good parts about ourselves and the bad parts about ourselves. In the midst of all these things, God, help us to always remember that you love us and you love all people. Thank you for being our God and thank you for making us your people. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. In the name of Jesus, amen. We remember that the first two weeks, or I should say the second and third week of Lent, we began talking about the foundations of our baptism. We began by 
talking about the stories that we tell. The stories that we tell inside our families so that we know who we are. The stories that we tell each other as Christians to remember our baptism, not only because they happened so long ago that it's good to remember, but also because our baptisms and the baptismal stories, the scripture that we share with one another, tell us who we are as Christians. And we hear these stories not as far-off stories, but as our own family stories. And so when we learned about the love of God for the whole world in the Nicodemus story in John, the third chapter, we heard not some far-off person hearing some far-off thing, but our adoptive brother Christ telling our uncle Nicodemus that God loves all. And our family, us together, and the church triumphant, knows this. The second week, we talked about Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well and how both we are confused in that baptismal love and we are anchored in what Christ does. Confused because when Jesus walks up to the Samaritan woman, Jesus is now expressing that life everlasting, that love for all people to people who do not worship like the Jews, to people who do not think like the Jews, to people who do not worship and have faith like Jesus. And that's very confusing. It's very confusing because today we see plenty of people who don't worship, who don't think, who don't act like us. And yet, God has love for the whole world. And so when we encounter those people who don't think, who don't worship, who don't act like us, we follow Jesus boldly into those places, trusting that God will be there, just as God was at the well. And so that baptismal waters that confuse us trickle down into places unknown, but we are still anchored in the table. And realizing that God's love is indeed for us and for all people, as we hear on the cross and at the table, that Christ's body is broken for you, Christ's blood is shed for you. And so here on this third emphasis, but fourth week, we look at light. Jesus, here in this text, has one of his famous I am statements throughout the Gospel of John, and here Jesus claims, as long as he is in the world, he is the light of the world. And a light illumines, a light shines, a light tells you what is there, a light cannot lie. If there is a Lego on the floor in the middle of the dark, it will tell you whether it's there or not. It won't hide it from you. Christ illumines, Christ shines, Christ shows the truth of what is in our hearts. Christ shows the truth of what is in our hearts. And we see that played out in today's scripture. You'll notice that it only takes Jesus, in that whole big long chapter that we just read, it only takes Jesus seven verses for the healing to happen. That happens pretty quick. And Jesus is largely absent from the whole middle part. All the way until the end, we don't hear Jesus' voice again. So after, Jesus very quickly shows that this man didn't sin, and his parents didn't sin, but rather that this particular individual had been born blind so that God's glory might be revealed. He spits in the mud. He, with his saliva, he makes mud. 
pours it over, or wipes it over the person's eyes, says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. You'll see. He does that. He sees. There are seven verses. The rest of the chapter is a whole lot of people arguing. A whole lot. Now, it's easy for us to think, well, somebody born blind can see, and everybody should be happy, right? But as any good congregation does, they manage to form three committees <laughs> to discuss it, and they manage to complain about something. Sometimes you have to laugh at yourself. And so originally... There's folks in the town, and some people say, yeah, this is the person who was blind, and some people say, no, this is not the person who was blind. And he keeps saying, no, it's actually me, it's actually me, and they don't listen to him, so they're divided. And so that first little forum doesn't work. Well, it goes on that the Pharisees and the leaders are already gathered together because it's the Sabbath. So just think about it. What if we had a special meeting after church today to discuss whether or not it is good that someone can see? And we managed to argue about it. So, they all got together after church and they start debating whether or not this could possibly be good. And at first, the Pharisees are like, you know what? They didn't follow, he didn't follow the Sabbath. So this couldn't possibly be from God. And no one really gives that a whole lot of credence because, well, he can see. So, <laughs> there's something going on here. Finally, they grill the man who was born blind, and he tells them exactly what he knows, and that's not enough. So they bring his parents in, and they grill them for a little bit, and they kind of say, well, ask the man. There's not much we can do about it. And then again, a third time, they grill him. And finally, he says, you know what? I've told you. I've told you what happened. I told you who he is. I tell, told you what I think. You don't want to be his disciple, do you? And that little bit of edge is what sets them over the top. They get offended. They say, well, no. Moses. We're, we are disciples of Moses. You're disciples of whoever this person is. We know that God spoke to Moses, but we don't know who this person is. And instead of the disciples who claim at the beginning, maybe this person sinned, maybe his parents sinned, they claim you're born entirely in sin. Everything you do is sin. And they cast him out. And then we see Jesus again, who very simply asks if he believes in the Son of Man and reveals himself to be so. We see what is in the heart of each group throughout the text. We see what's in the heart of the Pharisees. We see how they act when God gives grace and mercy and healing to somebody. We see what's at their core. And we see again with the parents what is at their core. And we see again what is at the core of the individual who was born blind. For even he cannot correctly identify the Son of Man when the Son of Man stands in front of him and heals him. The light of Christ illumines the truth, illuminates the truth of our hearts. We know what's there. And this holds true today. It's not hard to get ourselves into this pickle, even though we laugh about it from afar. It's not hard to kind of have some lights going off when all of a sudden 
someone not from this country is granted grace. It's not hard to have those lights go off when all of a sudden someone not of our same social and economic status is given the same rights as we have. It's not hard to have those lights go off when someone who worships differently is given the same love as we are. It's not hard to have those lights go off when we're not in the same places that we used to be. The love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God is for all. We hear that whenever we have communion. This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. How we react to that, how we react when there's grace and mercy given to someone unlike us, how we react when there's grace and mercy given to someone with a criminal background or a different ethnic background or to someone with a different socioeconomic background, how we react when we see that grace and mercy given to someone else shines a light on our hearts. Now it's good at this point in the sermon to notice that a lot of times when someone is speaking in a public forum about loving people of different ethnic backgrounds, about loving people with criminal records, about loving people who are different from us, a lot of times in today's culture that's tied to a specific political party. That is not what this is. Because the love of God is for all political parties. The love of God is for all people. The love of God is for anyone and however they vote and whatever they do because you do not merit. I do not merit the love of God. The love of God is not given to you because of how you voted. The love of God is not given to you because of your political ideology. The love of God is not given to you because of how you act towards your neighbor. The love of God is given to you because God loves you. And the love of God is given to all people who are different from you and alike you because God loves all people. Doesn't matter. All people struggle with this. It's not just some people who struggle with grace and mercy being given to someone else. All people struggle with this. It may not be in all the same places. It may not be with all the same things. But all people struggle when grace is given out as freely and as widely and as abundantly as God gives it. The light of Christ will always shine in our hearts and show where we embrace this grace and where we seek to limit it. The light of Christ also shines on the cross where God forever and ever gave his life 
for the ones who would take it, gave his life for the ones who did not cherish it, gave his life for the ones who did not understand it. And as we see those things in our hearts, that are intention, that do debate, the cross of Christ answers it with more grace and more love than we know what to do with. Martin Luther understood baptism this way. That when we dunk, and he was a dunker, (laughs) when we dunk a child into the baptismal font, we die. First, we die. Always we die. Every day we die. The old creature dies. That part of us that would not have grace for us or for the rest of the world, that creature dies day after day. And after we are thoroughly and wholly drowned, that is when new life begins and we are raised up, not as what we were, but as what we are becoming. In our baptismal journey, in this part of Lent, we remember that God loves us, that God loves all people in ways that are confusing, and that Christ shines a light on our hearts that we might be abundantly clear with how confusing and difficult this is. Thanks be to God for a love that keeps on loving us in the midst of that confusion. Thanks be to God for a love that loves far beyond our abilities. Thanks be to God for a grace that unites the body of Christ before we know one another. Thanks be to God for a baptism that sticks even when we don't stick to it. God loves you and all people. Amen.